Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Swig and Ramble. If you're coming back for episode two, you must be a glutton for punishment or have extremely good taste. Whatever the reason, welcome back. I'm Julia Men from The Wee Tipple, and with me are Justin Corey from Bevfluence and Mark Pruitt from Resonant Prose. Well, let's not waste time shitting around. Mark, take it away with the news. God damn it, you can't say shit, Julia. How many times <laughs> do we have to cover this? Uh... Now I, I need to get a strongly worded letter from HR to let you know that you're not allowed to use bad words. Okay. I'll, I'll slap myself. Bad, oh. Julia. Wow, she actually slapped herself. Do that again slower. Ew. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're so gross. Now that gets an HR complaint. Someone do the news. Please. Uh, tariffs. I think tariffs is on this week's schedule. Uh, I believe it is. Uh, so a few weeks ago, um, the U.S. lifted temporarily uh, lifted sanctions against um, uh, Great Britain and their um, uh, and their tariffs. Not sanctions. I apologize. Their, the tariffs against um, <coughs> um, Great Britain uh, on on specifically on whiskey, which is a huge huge deal. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to see prices lowering anytime soon. This is going to equate to nothing for consumers. And everybody's all happy about this, thinking that they're going to go to the store and they're going to see $10 lopped off the price of their favorite whiskey. Not true. Yeah, this, this happened, uh, you know, early March uh, of this year. Uh, the Biden administration basically said, hey, products from England, we're, we'll go ahead and lift those tariffs that were put in by the previous administration um, while we figure out all of these other issues um, and this is not to get too political here, but this is a shit show because when Great Britain decided to leave uh, the EU, they kind of screwed themselves. And now we have to have to have individual uh, um, individual uh, programs with every other country. Um, thank you, individual treaties um, as far as trade. And it's just a it's, a it's a horrible thing. Britain should just get back into the EU and uh, make whiskey cheaper. I mean, they should, but they won't. So bummer for everyone else. And what's crazy, well, one, this entire thing started like scotch. I mean, we're all primarily talking and thinking about scotch whiskey, of course. Um, it, it was just caught up in this maelstrom of a tariff war that's been raging for years, if not decades, that all started because of the aviation industry and just, Planes. It started because of planes. Planes are affecting our whiskey and it's not cool, guys. It's not cool. Not only is it not cool, it decimated uh, the scotch whiskey industry in the past year. I mean, COVID didn't help either, but what? They took something like a $500 million loss in the industry. That's just mind blowing. And of course, the smallest producers were hit hardest. So that was just awful. So Scotland, uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association released uh, some information the other week saying they were, you know, very happy to see these tariffs being lifted and hoping for a better way forward. That's good for everyone. 
So yeah, I agree. I think for the smaller guys, this makes a big difference. This this really kind of paves the way for that type of success. But I think with the big folks, eh, you're not going to notice much of a change. This is just going to get absorbed into into the bottom line, and that'll be that. Yeah, and if we're being honest, most of what what's already in this country was here months ago or was on a container ship months ago before these tariffs were listed. So they paid those prices and you're, you're not going to see, you know, any reduction in price. I mean, with exports falling by 35% to the U S um, you may see a few more fancy things. In fact, I think you're going to see the market. It's not going to be flooded. They're, they're just going to find new places to sell their products. Um, and you're going to continue to see that. And I think we're going to be seeing Scott's prices, you know what they are and i think we eventually should bring on somebody to talk you know to talk real scotch with all of us um so we'll stay tuned for that um for sure yeah what else is in the news mark i don't know what else is in the news i got nothing uh i kind of wanted to talk about hand sanitizer um but that's not really news because it's old news uh i definitely want to put together some things so for all of you out there listening uh stay tuned we'll talk about craft distilling in the u.s and uh, how they produced enough hand sanitizer to save the human race. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah sounds great. like a good topic. Yeah. yeah, good for them. Well, um, who's got something they want to talk about as far as what soured your mask this week? Oh, I do. Okay, guys. So I think we've all been there. We're sitting down, enjoying a nice spicy curry noodle soup and you're slurping away and it's really delicious and then somehow those damn noodles they just flick the broth right into your eye you have spicy hot broth right in your eye and it happens every time or you know you could be eating spaghetti and then you get you know red sauce in your eye and it's just is this is this just me is this the only am i the only person this happens to there's got to be someone else out there only one on the planet Oh, well, if you, you know. If you just eat it fast enough, it doesn't yeah. do that. No, but I feel like that's the problem. Like, <laughs> you're you're slurping, and then it just gets that kind of, like, flick up at the end. Okay, that sounds dirty, and I don't mean to go there, but, you know. Anyway. Uh, why would you... I, I mean, yes, I, I agree the spicy chili broth in your eye is kind of a drag, but I have a hard time blaming noodles for this. Just... No, no, it's, it's, it's completely the noodles' fault. I mean, they, they yeah. brought this on themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I coming out in defense of noodles. That's all. That's it's, all I'm going to say. I'm their last petty noodles. vendetta for getting eaten. Yeah. I just really want to stick it to the men. I was yeah. I was just nominated the public defender for noodles. So there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I I wear glasses um, most of the time, um, so I too have experienced this, and it is very annoying because you can always tell when I've been to a place with noodles because there is clearly Alfredo or something else on my glasses. And then I go to clean it with my shirt. And of course that doesn't work. So it makes it worse. And then I get in the car, can't see shit, driving away, you know, Alfredo style. It just, it doesn't work. So no, I agree with you. I'm team anti-noodle on this. This is, this is a, it's a plague, frankly. Yeah. Okay. I'm putting a call out to all listeners of Swig and Ramble. If you too have suffered uh, from noodle attacking your eye, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Write in. Maybe we could get a class action lawsuit together. I'd just like to speak on behalf of the noodles. This is an unfounded attack on my client. Um, these allegations are patently false. Uh, we'll have our day in court. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let us let us know how that goes there, Sydney Pal. 
<laughs> All right. Mark, I believe you had something. What soured your mash? You know what soured my mash is Rick Okasik would have been 77 years old on or around this day that uh, we're recording this lovely podcast and Justin Bieber still produces music today. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, heart. Sorry, man. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah. Justin, what about you? Uh, I, so I haven't traveled in a while um, because apparently <laughs> there's been a pandemic. Uh, I, know, I know plenty of people who have. Um, I, COVID aside, pandemic aside, all joking aside, um, if you're traveling, please be safe. Um, but when I traveled uh, extensively, uh, sometimes I would be at two or three conferences in a month. Sometimes I was gone for six or seven months at a time. Um, everywhere I go, whether it was on the train in Chicago, whether it was a plane from LaGuardia to wherever the fuck, um, as soon as I make eye contact, and this is my problem, number one, don't make eye contact. Mm. Um, as soon as I make eye contact with someone, they would begin to bore me with their life story. And I mean things that I wouldn't tell a therapist. <laughs> like I wouldn't tell this to a trained professional. If I'm bleeding in a hospital, there are things that people have told me that I would not say. Uh, and it's just, it, it's always annoyed me. It's like, I don't, I, I'm not your therapist. I'm not your doctor. I'm not someone who's going to help you. I'm not someone who cares. But you um, just look so friendly I, and like a confidant. Someone I to be trusted. Don't think so. I've been actually called many things. Um, that's not everything from intimidating to ISIS. Um, you know, the, the two eyes, you know. Um, so, yeah, I. it's really funny. The same people who, you know, ask me, like, hey, are you a terrorist? Like, I'm going to tell you if I'm on a plane with you. Like, yeah, I'm totally a terrorist. They're the same people who tell me their entire life story about their 27 grandkids. Um so yeah, that that I, really I, my match. Just just from the stories that you told us about how you get stopped at airport security and then somebody looks at you and wants to trust you sitting next to you, I'm I'm not buying it, man. Something's weird. You know what I think? I think you should start charging. You know, once someone has given you their unwanted life story, present them with a bill as you exit the plane. Or I start carrying around my trusty podcast recorder and I start putting them into audiobooks. Ooh, excellent stories from strangers but we're gonna do it as if it's like um harlequin romance you know there'll be a lot of loins frothing there'll be you know thing heaving it'll be fantastic so heaving 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 loins breathless i was i was good with the frothing the heaving you lost oh, there's gonna be heaving man oh man apparently with noodles we'll see i don't know you're not in here um, or is it just me i feel like i need a drink cheers well, Cheers. Are we cheersing? We are. I have yeah. water at the moment. I'm so behind in the times. Can I can I open a bottle here? Yeah, please open a bottle. Does this does this come through? Um, we're gonna pour some things in our glass. And we're gonna take a moment for our sponsors. Yeah. Ah, just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. Deafening silence. <laughs> What's in your? It's there. <laughs> What's in your glass today, Julia? Oh well, I am drinking some Uncle Nearest. They're 1856. So Uncle Nearest is actually a very cool topic, which we're going to get into shortly as our main topic of the evening is diversity, diversity in the industry. So that's very cool. So this is their 1856 label, which is uh, named after the year that 
Nathan Nearest Green uh, perfected the maple charcoal process, which is a way of filtering whiskey. So it is at 50 ABV, 100 proof. And I'm drinking from a Glencairn in case anyone cares. Definitely right off the bat, uh, you get those sweet caramel notes going on. Really easy going. You got sugar, bit of a corn note, and toasty oak. Hmm. Very dusty grain on the palate, actually. Makes me think rustic, rugged, think of a barn. Uh, but it's pretty well integrated, quite mellow, actually. Got that caramel note in there again. Something reminiscent of like a creme brulee. So it's it's lovely. It has good warmth. It's not too hot as, you know, 50, uh, 50 ABV could be. Uh, it's easy going. Cheers. I don't know if ever anybody's ever told you this, but you should do that for a living. <clears throat> well, in your glass. <laughs> Were you talking to me? Uh, yes. You talking to me? I'm, I'm talking to you while we. I have a Milam and Green triple cask blend of straight bourbon whiskeys in my glass today. It is a quintessential Texas whiskey. Um, I'm picking up uh, some more earthy notes kind of coming through this, a little bit of a leather note, uh, maybe uh, just, a, just a waft of sweetness. Ooh. I feel like I'm so full of shit when I say this because I'm just trying to like come up with something as eloquent as Julia. And I'm like, this smells good. Can I have a drink? So that's a great no, place to start. But but quite honestly, this is this is uh, as far as an American whiskey, a Texas whiskey. This is great stuff. I'm loving this. Nice, Justin. What you got? Uh, I am uh, on the diversity bandwagon as well. I have the Uncle Nearest 1884. Whoa! Cheers. Yeah, it is a 93 proof, so 46 and a little bit uh, ABV. A um, little bit of honey, honeysuckle. Um, definitely. I actually really enjoy this nose. It's, if you took apricots and Chex Mix and you dipped them in honey, that is what you would get on the nose. This kind of really wow. interesting funk. I, I thoroughly enjoy this. Sounds um, delicious. Yeah. On, on the palate, you know, a little bit of like cereal, like crispy treats, you know, maybe, you know, that kind of crispy rice, you know, puffed rice type of thing. Um, could also be the, the Chex Mix. Um, little herbaceous, tiny bit of herbaceousness. Um, really clean. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. It's got a great finish. Um, tiny bit of, of heat. Um, mm. not, not a ton. It's not quite the 50 ABV that yours is. A um, little bit of you know, char, a little bit of, a um, little bit of oak. I don't know if you guys can see this color. It's actually kind of light, mm -hmm. um, a little more honey color than, yeah. than uh, so it's definitely young um, and it's, it's definitely interesting. So, so cheers. Cheers. Cheers people. So you two having that in your glass actually brings up an interesting topic that I think we can just jump right into this evening. And I, I think diversity in the industry is 
a real interesting place for us to go. And, you know, we'd just love to hear your thoughts or your experiences on this topic. Uh, Julia, what do you got? Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. It's so great to be seeing such a boom in diversity, kind of across the alcohol in general sector, you know, not just whiskey, but Oh, it's so exciting seeing women and people of color and people from different backgrounds really rising up and creating their own brands and becoming assistant master distillers and master tasters and master blenders. It's really awesome. So as Justin and I are drinking some Uncle Nearest, for those of you who don't know, uh, Nathan Nearest Green is actually the man credited with teaching a young Jack Daniel the art of distilling. Now, Nearest Green was a slave on the farm of uh, Reverend Dan Call, who had taken Jack in as a child. And it was at that farm that Jack and Nearest met, and he taught Jack Daniel how to distill. And when he was a free man, uh, Jack Daniel brought him on to the distillery that he had opened, and he was the first distillery manager, uh, master distiller, and that was super awesome, but he was kind of lost to time. Um, however, a really interesting article came out by the New York Times a couple of years ago, shedding light on Nearest Green and his role in the whiskey industry here in America, and Fawn Weaver, who was an author and researcher, came across this article. And so she went to uh, the area and to the distillery and his hometown and everything to research and find out, you know, if there was something interesting enough there for a book or a movie. And what she unearthed was just so much more than that. And she spent some years and countless thousands of hours researching and getting other professionals on board to help her research his story and was just so fascinated. And <laughs> turns out she figured instead of a book or movie, the best legacy to Nathan Nearest Green was to create the Nearest Green Foundation and the Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey brand, which was launched in 2017. And it was recently announced that Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey is now the top selling African-American owned spirit in history. And it's on track to sell over 250,000 cases this year. Not only that, which is a massive, huge, amazing achievement, but Jack Daniel Distillery has become much more transparent about their history and how Nathan Green was so instrumental. And that's really awesome. So they actually do talk about that much more openly on their distillery tours. And they have partnered with Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey to launch the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, which encompasses the Nearest Green School of Distilling, a leadership a leadership acceleration program for apprenticeships, and they establish the business incubation program, which is focused on providing expertise and resources to African-Americans entering the spirits industry as entrepreneurs. So mind-blowing everything that came about because she saw this story. So good on Fawn Weaver and all the folks over at Uncle Nearest. Uh, many of who whom worked there, they are nearest green's descendants like that's brilliant so cheers to them cheers i'm looking right here and it says that uh victoria edie butler is green's great great granddaughter and is the brand's master blender yep and also the first female african-american 
master blender in history. Um, I think the crazy success that this brand is enjoying just shows that the industry is ready for this because they have embraced it. It's, you know, something like nine quarters, nine successive quarters of triple digit growth for this particular brand. It's, it's absolutely incredible what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and I just want to say something that's a little, <clears throat> a little off kilter uh, to those who, who might be listening and to people that I've gotten into arguments with in the past. Supporting a minority-owned business does not mean you exclude everyone else. It doesn't mean that we're talking about diversity here today to the detriment of anyone else. It just means that we're really impressed with these brands. So please don't take this for that. You're here. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I, I think it's just having an honest discussion about, you know, what's going on in the world today and, and how, you know, business can be equitable for everyone involved. So I, I agree with that statement. Uh, so we touched a little bit on uh, female uh, master distillers and master blenders. Um, and I just like this, I, I'm kind of irritated by some of the coverage that I've read in the past. Um, people saying they're quote unquote, shaking up the industry. Uh, there's another one where it's reinventing or groundbreaking. It's like, no, the fuck it isn't. Rachel Berry, Dr. Rachel Berry, my apologies, has been in this industry, in the whiskey industry. By the way, when we say industry, we mean the booze industry or, or the hospitality industry. Um, Dr. Rachel Berry has been shaking up the uh, industry for 26 years uh, as a, as a um, whiskey scientist, uh, researcher, um, optimizing flavor profiles around the world. She's worked for every distillery in Scotland for the most part, from Bowmore to Glamourangi, uh, Oshantoshin, uh, I mean, you name it, Glenn Goddick, I mean, all of them. So the idea that she's suddenly shaking things up, and this pub, this article was published recently, this was 2020, um, where, no, she's not shaking things up, she's been shaking things up. So for those of you who don't know, number one, in whiskey, women are the, some of the best noses. Two of the best master blenders and blenders that I know in this, on this planet are, are women. They have, you know, classes that knows for faults. They educate people about, um, about the distillate itself. Because you know, the distiller can only do so much. Then it takes, the noses essentially take over. Um, and yeah, women rule the nosing part of this industry. That should be known. You know, we can talk about, you know, people like Patterson and, and others. But um, if you go to the Caribbean, if you go to, you know, rum, it's women who are the master blenders. In Scotland, women are the top master blenders. You know, Johnny Walker just put out Jane Walker, which I thought was a little ridiculous. It's like most of your whiskeys are, are women blended. This one doesn't need to be called out for being women blended. I, I'd like to get personally, I'd like to get to a point where we don't talk about women versus men, where we just talk about whiskey versus whiskey. Oh, that would be so great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love seeing the strides that are happening. Absolutely. It's well needed, but then it's also so crushingly depressing sometimes when I'm talking about whiskey and, you know, this or that single malt and how it differs or, you know, what, what's all about Pete? And then guys look at me and they're like, oh, you like whiskey? Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, and I, I can talk about it. And it, anyway, rant over. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I, that's, that, that's, a, that's a valid discussion. And, and you're not the first person to impart that kind of a story. And everything is wonderful about that story up to the point to where somebody looks at you and goes, you like whiskey? And, you know, look, to a certain extent, I believe the past lives in the past and we are supposed to learn from that. And, you know, to a certain extent also, I think some things are, are very hard to stamp out from a mindset standpoint. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think now we're in a better place as a society to at least have a civil discussion to say, here's why it's wrong to think that way, or here's how you should change your thinking, you know, based on where we have been to where we are now. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting because I have heard that story more than once from many different women who work in the industry, who have incredible experience. And, you know, somebody comes along and says, yeah, could I speak to the guy who, who handles the whiskey section? Um, and, you know, you're right. It's, it's kind of crushing. It's kind of a bummer because you know more about whiskey than I have probably forgotten at this particular point. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm fully recognizing that you have that experience. The other thing that's very interesting to me is Justin, you touched on this, that, that, it, especially with regard to Dr. Rachel Berry, I have heard from more than one place that she has just an absolutely otherworldly, extraordinary nose that, that she has the ability to pick up things that is just, it's, it's superhuman. Is that biology? Is, is that luck of the draw a little bit? I mean, I'm really kind of curious about this because the, the other thing is, is I don't ever remember hearing that about other, dis, you know, a, a male distiller. Like nobody talks about that with somebody else, you know, who, who happens to be a male. So that's really, really fascinating to me, sort of this genetic lottery that she's won and, and she's in this incredible position to drive this industry. It's, it's just fascinating to me. And I, and I know nothing about it. I, this is not, I'm, we're not scientists on this show. However, I'm going to make a bold prediction that science will eventually prove that evolution has ingrained in the female of the species a better nose. For whatever reason, I, I believe that. Um, if you are a woman distiller or a woman blender, that's not a joke, um, please you know, reach out to us and let us know. Um, if, you're a, if you're a woman in the industry, please reach out and let us know about your experiences. We'd love to hear from bartenders, distillers, uh, retail, wh whoever you are out there, if you've had a shitty experience, let us know. We'll make it right. We'll go out. We'll we'll crack some heads. Um, one quick note. I apologize. Um, <clears throat> at the moment, um, when this article came out that I'm uh, that I was doing some research on, it was January 2020. Um, uh, Dr. Barry had already had well over 28 years of experience. So at this moment, 2021 springtime, it's it's probably getting over the 30 year mark. So cheers to 30 years. Ah, heck yeah. Okay. So I've been fangirling this entire time because I love Dr. Rachel Berry. She is such an inspiration and just 
mind-blowingly impressive her skill and yeah her skill set and her nosing and her blending capabilities getting to blend together hundreds and you know working with thousands of different casks I think she's had something like over 10,000 casks at her disposal at Benriac but like oh my god the things that she does with that spirit is phenomenal and she's a keeper of the quake and uh, was introduced into the Whiskey Hall of Fame recently. This woman, if you don't know her and you haven't tried her spirit, get on it. I, not to beat a dead horse, but I truly believe that the next Dr. Rachel Berry is gonna be someone named Nicole Austin, who just uh, started at uh, George Dickel last year. Um, not started, she's been in the industry for a long time environmental activist, um, brilliant person. Um, I think her plan was to be the next Aaron Brockovich <laughs> many years ago. Uh, instead, she wound up in, uh, in New York doing some distilling and uh, has worked for, for colleagues of mine, has, has been, um, you know, even, I mean, at 27, she was at Kings County Distillery and that was, that was 10 years ago. So um, she's, she's a great producer. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking with her uh, at some point soon. I don't know when that's going to be, um, but uh, but yeah, go go women. That sounded ridiculous, but yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! It's better than saying <laughs> something <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you know, better than anything else. Um, nope, didn't work. You know this this discussion has been fascinating and I, I think that this is something that's very worthy of celebrating you know to the ramblers as you're listening to this and as as we look to move on from the subject i, I just want to say would love to see you guys very active in the social media community telling us your stories uh, celebrating people that you respect in the industry um you know letting us know what you think of this topic is a very important piece of this. This is definitely a discussion. It's a community. We want to know what you think. What say you, Justin and Julia? Absolutely. Definitely go follow Swig and Ramble on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear from you and commiserate and share our joys and our triumphs and our sorrows. All of those things. We also, because we're old people, we have the Twitters and we have the something called the TikTok. Um, so definitely go, go check us out there. Eventually you will start to see the three of us, uh, doing these 60 second, uh, tasting blips with blind, uh, tastings. So please check that out on all of our, all of our social medias as well. Um, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to what we're doing next show. Um, make sure to join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want Blantons. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!